Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Liz Mugavero, author, writing coach, and founder of the Creativity Lab, a membership site for writers. And she is also the podcast for host of Get Writing Podcast. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much, AJ. It's so great to be here. You are welcome. And I'm sure you're, a lot of people will be able to uh, learn from you uh, about writing, about a lot about content stuff. So my first question is to understand from you, Liz, is you say you love words. I, I read that on your LinkedIn. Fine. So why, what is it with words that you love them so much? You know, and... and uh, Help us understand your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I grew up reading. Uh, you know, before I could read, I, my mother would read to me every single day. And I, I just was always so captivated by story and how stories were told. Um, I used to actually get angry at her when she had to stop reading to me to actually go and do other things. Um, so as soon as I learned how to read, I just devoured books. And I just became really obsessed with, you know, how you can use words in writing. I mean, obviously in, in speaking as well, but for me, writing is what comes more naturally even than speaking. Um, how you can use words to just captivate people and tell stories in such a way that it, it makes people want to listen and, and read more. Right, right. But a lot of people who want to use those words to write, they can talk, but they're not able to write. And even if some of them are able to write. Several people find it difficult, you know, uh, to find that joy in writing. And then they call there is the writer's block. Yeah. So, and you talk about, you know, how to make the writing process joyful. And that's what we'll talk about. We'll understand the hard art of writing and as well as the secrets to creating compelling create, uh, content. So first is, you know, uh, what is writing? Is, is it about penning your thoughts? Is it about creating something like you, you write about these mystery novels? A lot of people write biographies. So what is it about writing that one can decide about that? Okay, this is the type of writing is good for me. And then how do you create a joyful experience around it? Because some people... Even great writers have not written beyond one book. And those were very, very great books, but they could not or never wrote back again. So yeah. help us understand what people now to in today's life to get a livelihood as well as, you know, to write good stuff moving away from AI. How do you make it a joyful experience? Yeah. And I think those two questions really go together, right? Because um, one, you know, you have to really listen to yourself. Like it's for me, writing is is deeply personal. Um, and it's again, it's for me, it's about telling a story. It's about I, I write mysteries because I like to I, I've always been fascinated by why people do the things they do, especially something like murder. You know, what could drive somebody to actually take another person's life. So for me, it's not about the crime and the, you know, all of that. I mean, it is a little bit, but it's really the story about why that person did what they did and, you know, what secrets did the, the victim have and, you know, how did all of these things come together in this perfect storm of murder? Um, and I think, you know, 
when people decide they want to write, you know, whether it's a book or whether it's for, you know, some other form of writing for their, for their career, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and, you know, you mentioned best-selling novelists who have only written one book. Um, I think a lot of that is pressure, right? Because if you, you know, if you come out the gate with such a, a, a book that does so well, and then people are like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Now what are you going to do? Right? You kind of freeze. And then you're like, oh, well, what if I can't do the next great thing? So I think we lose ourselves a lot when we put so much pressure on, you know, how other people are going to see it. Are we going to sell it? Are we going to sell it for a lot of money? Um, you know, are we going to hit, you know, the New York Times bestseller list or another bestseller list? So, and we all struggle with this, right? I've struggled with this for many, many years. I'm always trying to figure out, you know, are people going to really love this book? You know, how can I attract more readers? But I think you really have to stop and go back to what do I love about writing. So go back to, you know, for me, it was when I was, you know, seven or eight, I was making up stories in my basement, right? <laughs> um, you know, just coming up with characters and putting them in these precarious positions and trying to figure out what happened to them. You got to go back to to that initial joy that you found, right? And you have to just keep tapping into that because otherwise it just becomes a chore. It, it's something that, you know, you get blocked from all this pressure that you're putting on yourself that you feel like others are putting on you. Or if you're not writing what you want to write in the first place, then you're not going to enjoy it. So it, it really has to be coming from inside here, what you want to write, how you want to write it. And then I really believe that the rest will follow, the success will follow. Right, right. So in terms of, you know, every uh, person who works or does things, they have a toolbox. Even, you know, as a creator, you have that tech stack. So in terms of a writer, uh, what tools should their toolbox contain? Help us understand, you know, or, or is it that uh, sometimes they carry too much on their baggage or on their mind? So what should they discard? What should they keep in their toolbox as well as in their heads? Help us understand that part, especially to, for people who are, you know, starting to get into writing and want to are serious about writing some good stuff. Yeah. So I love this question and I'm going to answer it probably a little differently than other writers might answer it. Um, because to go back to what I was talking about, where you have to come from inside here to, to write and to write well and to be happy in what you're writing, I think you have to do a lot of inner work, right? And, and this goes back to also the concept of being blocked and how to dissolve those blocks. Um, meditation. So I think every writer needs to have a meditation practice. I think every writer needs to have a journal or multiple journals so you never run out and whatever pen that you like to write in your journal with because I really believe that every day you should be journaling. Um, I'm a huge proponent of Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way and her morning pages. So every morning I wake up, I do three pages. It can be about nothing. It can be about, you know, whatever. It just matters that you get the junk out of your head. So when you're asking about what, what should be in your head, your head needs to be really clear to be able to create well. So get all the junk out of your head by meditating, by journaling. And then I love a little woo-woo. So I've always got crystals. I, I have special crystals that I use to write with. So um, orange crystals, especially, because those are connected to your sacral chakra, which is your creativity chakra. So I really love to have citrine, um, carnelian, those kinds of crystals around me. Um, I also just 
discovered that blue appetite crystals are really good for writers. So I now have one of those on my desk. Um, and then I just like to have a space that feels good to me. So I have incense or I have essential oils. Like I said, I have my, my rocks. Um, so those I believe are, are tools that every writer needs as well. You need to be able to set yourself up for success. And then in terms of the traditional writing tools, it really depends on how you write. But, you know, I use Scrivener as my writing software. I love Scrivener. I couldn't live without it. So for me, that's the big one. And then I've also started using Plotter, which is really helpful because I'm trying to become more of a plotter. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really, but I'm really trying hard to become more of a plotter. Um, but really, it's, you know, I think we also can overcomplicate that. So if it works for you to just open up a Word document and write your book, then do that. Make it easy on yourself. Right. Right. And what about, you know, a pen name? Do they uh, do they create one? Like uh, what made you go for Kate Conte, if I'm pronouncing it correct? So what made you go for that? Uh, how do young writers, they decide whether they should go for a pen name, you know, some, something different uh, and that works with the style of your of their writing? What what is your advice on this and, and how do they know whether they should go for this or their one name itself is uh, good enough. How does that work? Yeah, so I think it depends. So for me, I started out, my first series was written under my real name, Liz McGavro. That's my positively organic uh, gourmet pastry. And then while I was still writing the series, I had the opportunity to write another series with a different publisher. So they asked for a pet name. So I created that name. It's actually my grandfather's name. Um, so I chose that name. Who, as who, was, my, it, who was a detective? If I understand. He was a detective, yes. <laughs> so it was a nod to him for sure. Um, so that's how I ended up with a pen name. Now, I think a lot of writers too, if they switch genres at some point in their career, you know, they'll they'll maybe come up with a pen name just because, or maybe their agent or editor will ask them to come up with a pen name because, you know, sometimes if a reader is expecting, you know, a cozy mystery and then they pick up a book and it's a, you know, horror novel, then that might be a little jarring for them. So it's kind of, sometimes it's used to separate identities and, and keep the genre separate. Um, but really it's up to you, you know, it's up to who, to the writer if they want to keep their name right under their name or come out with, with a pen name right off, right off, right from the start. Right. Right. And in terms of, you know, a writer's block, and you also talk about writer's recovery. What is that recovery about? Is it breaking the writer's block or is it some other kind of recovery? Help us with this, you know, help us understand these two things. Yeah. So, I mean, writer's block is obviously a phrase that gets tossed around a lot, right? Um, I always say the best cure for writer's block is a deadline, which has been very uh, true for me because it's very easy to, you know, get stuck on a scene or a chapter and say, oh, I can't do this. And then, you know, you put it down and days go by and then you're like, oh, I have writer's block. I can't write anymore. Like I said, a deadline is going to get you out of that pretty quick because if you don't turn it in, you're probably going to lose your contract. So that's not a good thing. Um, but when I talk about creative recovery, it's much more of a deeper um, idea, right? So it's not dissolving one episode of writer's block. It's really, I think of creative recovery, and this is a Julia Cameron concept, um, and this is kind of how I, it took me about 17 years to kind of go through all of her work and, you know, my own work and, and kind of get myself on a path where I was able to write what I wanted to write and, and be productive at it and be successful at it. Um, creative recovery is really thinking about why it is that maybe you can't write, you know, for somebody who's actually started writing and put it down and never picked it up again, or somebody who's, Sorry about my dogs barking in the background. No, no, this, it is perfectly all right. This is a live show. This is a real show. 
then everybody has a place in this show so don't worry about that this is this makes it real they wanted to be part of the conversation So for people who, you know, either haven't started writing but always wanted to or have started writing and put it down, picked it up, put it down, that kind of thing, usually there's something that happened along the way that has kept you from writing. So maybe it was, you know, a a well-meaning parent who told you at, you know, 12 or 13 that writing's nice, but it's not something you can make a career out of. Or, you know, a teacher who gave you a bad grade on a paper or, you know, whatever it might be. And there could be multiple things that have built up in your life that have gotten you to the point where you think, oh, I either can't do this or it's not realistic to want to do this or I should just not bother because now it's too late. So the process of creative recovery is really kind of going back into all of those incidences, right, that have brought you to this point and kind of working through them to get you to a place where you can really embrace your creativity again and pick up that because if you're if you're called to do it, I believe like if you feel like I want to write something, then it's your calling and you have to do it. So you have to find a way to get past those things that have stopped you in the first place. And there's a lot of inner work that goes along with that. Right. So a lot of AI writers on all those tools, they they can solve the problem of a writer's block, but perhaps creative recovery has to be done by the yeah. by the person he or she. I, I guess by them them itself, or is there, or do you think AI will be able to solve that? I don't think AI can solve that because look, AI is great. Like I'm not one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, AI is going to come and you know get rid of all the writers. I don't believe that at all. I believe that we have to work with AI, that we have to learn it, that we have to evolve with it. I think it's a great place to start, right? Like I've done it, my, I've been playing around with it a lot lately. So if I have to write something and I'm just in that mood where oh, I don't even know where to start. I'll just plug a prompt into AI and see what it gives me. And usually it's nothing that I can use, but at least it's a few words to start from and it gives me an idea and it starts the you know juices flowing and then I can kind of go from there, right? So I think, sure, AI can do some things, but the personal nature of writing is always going to be with the writer themselves. AI is never going to replace that. Absolutely, absolutely. So for a writer, if one or uh, evaluates uh, his or her uh strengths what is the biggest strength that a writer can have is it the mind is it the ideas that they that, that come it is is it their uh their experiences in life or is it their uh good writing that they think that uh, you know that is what their biggest strength is what is it that they can uh rely on and on what do you think that they should actually rely on and yeah. not these things I think it's two things. I think it's mindset and I think it's perseverance, right? Because talent, you know, yes, if you're if you're writing, if, if you're called to write, usually that means you have some talent that you have to nurture and you can always learn more and you can always get better and practice makes perfect and all of that, right? And inspiration, you know, you're always going to be able to, I, I believe inspiration is always there. You just have to be able to reach for it. But if you don't have a good mindset, you know, if you're coming into this thinking, I, I'm not good at this, I can't do this, I'll never get anywhere, you know, then you're just going to stop yourself in your tracks and you're never going to be able to make progress. And by the same token, if you're, you know, giving up easily, because writing is, you know, if you're if you're in writing to, you know, get a book published, it, let's be honest, it's not the easiest thing to do, right? And there's a lot of things that go on in this business that, you know, could make anyone shake their heads. Um, but you have to persevere, right? So you're going to get thrown a lot of curveballs if you're if you're 
trying to be a published writer, or even if you are a published writer already, and you just have to keep going and you have to keep finding the place where you belong and writing the things that you love. And, you know, if you keep your mind right, and if you keep moving, I believe you're going to be successful. Right, right. And, and then you also talk about uh, having need for a strong community. So a lot of writers, you know, they, they like their solace, their peace in some corner. Sometimes some are brooding types. And, and so uh, many of them just want to be aloof. And so what is the need of a community for writers today? And uh, is it possible for all of them to build uh, that community, especially online? How does it work? A lot, lot of I, my understanding is a lot of writers just want to be left alone and try to always think of different ideas or maybe they are already in the midst of several ideas already in the midst of writing something very special how does it work out but community part is obviously a very very practical need today but how do you like to put it yeah so you're right most writers are introverts i'm not going to say all but many many writers are introverts i am totally an introvert there are many days where i would prefer to just be alone working you know and with my dogs and and that's it right but by you know i i would never have i would never be where i am if it wasn't for the mystery community that i found when i was just starting out so um, when I decided I wanted to write mysteries, I didn't really know where to start. So I just started Googling mystery writer conferences and I happened to find one. And from there, and it was a local conference. And so I started going. And from there, I joined um, Sisters in Crime, which is an, an international group that supports uh, all writers, women and men, but mostly women. Um, and then from there, I joined a local chapter of that and on and on and on. And from that chapter, I ended up getting my first agent and I met a group of women that I blog with. So we're called the Wicked Authors. There are six of us. We all kind of came up around the same time. We had the same agent for a while. We had the same publisher for a while. Um, and we've been blogging. This is actually our 10 year anniversary month um, in May of 2022 or no, 20, what year are we in? 23. <laughs> 20, whatever you were in, it's been 10 years. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and so, you know, we always talk about like, you know, there are a lot of people who come together for and, and do blogs, right? But we, I, I feel like are a special group because we're actually friends. We've been doing this for a long time. We have been there for each other through all of the crazy ups and downs of this business. We actually just came back from a weekend retreat. We do this every year. The only thing that stopped us was COVID. Um, and we get together, we, we work solo for a while, but we talk about our blog business, we talk about our books, we support each other. You know, if somebody's having a rough time with something, the rest of us are there to lift them up. And then at some point, it's going to be your turn to feel like something's going wrong. And, and you know, these women are there to lift you up. And those are my like ride or die friends, the, you know, those five ladies. And then beyond that, though, the broader mystery community, you know, I can't speak for every literary community, but for me, mystery writers are just the best people. Um, they're they're supportive and they're kind and they understand that, you know, all ships rise together or whatever that saying is. I might not be getting it right. But, you know, I, I heard a very famous mystery writer say once at a conference that nobody has that everyone in the mystery community realizes that nobody has to fail for anyone else to succeed. And I just love that. Like, it just speaks to that, you know, it, nobody's there to hurt anybody or you know we're just all there because we love doing this and we want to support each other and there's room for everyone so 
I think community is super important. It doesn't mean you have to be with them every day or, you know, all the time, but just to have people there to lean on and who know what you're going through and who understand the business and who understand writing, um, it can make all the difference. Because some days you just want to give up. And if you don't have anybody there to kind of help you through that, then that could get rough. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is where the Creativity Lab comes in, a membership site for writers. Tell us about, about this Creativity Lab. Yeah, so I started this about a year ago, um, and I really wanted a place where people who have always wanted to write again, or, you know, who had started writing and kind of like put it on hold to have another career or to have a family or, you know, whatever it is, and wanted to come back to it, would have a place where they could have not only the education around writing if they're new to it, but and the accountability of, you know, coming together a couple of times a week to get your writing done, but also to have that community to lift you up and to, you know, run a plot point by or to say, hey, I don't think my blog is very good this week. Can you read it and tell me if it's okay? Um, or just to give you encouragement, right? So that's really what I, want, what I wanted to do with this. I wanted to give people a place where they could have the accountability to come every week and to, you know, we do um, quiet writing time. So we come together, we talk a little bit, um, we set goals for the session, and then we put a timer on, we all write in silence, we turn our cameras off and write, then we come back, we report on our progress, and then usually we go off and do another session. We do that two to three times a week. Um, and then, you know, the there's a community aspect to the membership. Um, we do, like, I, I give people workbooks with writing prompts and journal prompts. And, you know, really, I wanted it to be a place where people could kind of come back to themselves and start on that process of creative recovery. And in the process, if they want to write their book, great, let's get that book written. Okay, so is it is it for only people in your in your state in your area? Or is it anybody no. else can join from across the world? Anybody can join. It's all it's all remote. So yep, anyone can join. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is welcome. So how do people connect with you on, uh, on on this particular thing and be a part of the creativity lab. And also you have the get writing podcast. You are the, you, you host that. Tell us about that so that you know, because this is one episode and then uh, people would obviously want to know more about you, about, learn more about you, you know, uh, so that podcast too will help. Yeah, for sure. So just the easiest way to find me is at kateconti.com. And you can send me a, a message through that website if you're interested in the lab. And there's all kinds of other information on the site as well if you want to connect with me. Uh, and I'm also on social. Um, and you can find all the links on the website. So that is all there. And um, the podcast was your other question. Yes. So I really wanted to start this podcast because, you know, I realized after being in this business for a long time, I have um, a wealth of friends, a <laughs> wealth of information. Um, and I, I just wanted to share it. I know sometimes people can't, don't know where to look to find the information they want about the publishing world or how to connect with other writers. People I know are really interested in writer's process, right? Every time I do a speaking event, like that's one of the top questions I get asked is what's your process? So I really wanted to come up with this podcast that covered all aspects of writing. So, you know, any kind of genre. We've had memoir guests on. Um, I'm speaking with someone next week who is, uh, she just wrote a literary fiction novel. 
I have a lot of mystery people on there. I have people talking about different ways of publishing. So I had a really great episode with a self-published author who has, is doing incredibly well and has a lot of things to say about it. Um, I had someone on, a friend of mine, actually one of my Wicked Author friends, she's a master at plotting. So we did a podcast on how to plot. So there's all kinds of things on the podcast. It's a lot of fun, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And um, I hope you'll come and listen. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have the latest series, Full Moon Mysteries. Is it out or is it yet to come out? It is out. Yep. The third book came out a couple months ago. Um, it's called Which Way Out? And it the series features Violet Mooney, who lives in a small Connecticut town. She owns a crystal shop. Um, and she discovers in her 30s that she's actually three quarters witch. <laughs> so she has to figure out what that actually means and come to grips with this fact that she has this whole family that she never even knew she had. Right. Right. My last question to you, Liz, is about all this witches, crystals, cats, and all this magic and murder and crime is that after the novel is over, how do you deal with those characters who are for many months you have been in those characters and they have been in your heads. Yeah. How do you delink yourself from those characters or you don't? I <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't. There, you know, I, I heard someone say once that writing is the only profession where it's acceptable to have voices in your head. Um, and it's so true, right? I, like my characters talk to me all the time. They might take a little bit of a break after a book because I kind of say, all right, I need to I need to reset a little bit. But they're usually talking pretty quickly um, and they're coming at me with the next story. So, yeah, I, I never send them away because I know I need them. Um, and I welcome whatever they have to tell me because I know it'll be turning into a book very soon. So. Yeah, I don't try to delete them. Right, right. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.